Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. It's Amy, Shadow Dragon One, and with me today is fellow geocacher and human trackable Kitten Davis. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, everybody. So this is actually the third part in a three-part mini-series on human trackables, and the first two, they both had tattoos. Yours is different. We'll get into that in a minute. So, But to start off, can you <laughs> tell me about your geocaching name? Because you, interestingly enough, have had two geocaching names. Yeah. Um, when I first started, um, I had a geocaching name, Little Pock. And um, I guess, uh, well, that was in 2000 at the end of the summer, but I guess somewhere in 2002 or 2003, they changed platforms and my account ended up getting deleted. So I didn't, I, I didn't want to start a new account with the same name because the old account still had, you know, logs on it and stuff, but there's no way of retrieving it. So I created the new account and I kept Little Fox, but I added my uh, business initials, which is KDK9s. So the letter K, the letter D for my initial, um, Kitten Davis. And then K9 because I train search and rescue dogs. And yes, I do use them to find geocaches. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hey, I get to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. I, I get to geocache and I get to log it down as article and evidence recovery training for the dogs. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to have another talk about that because that sounds <laughs> awesome. Oh, but all the things that I cheated on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another story, another time. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So my, my name on my geocaching account right now is Katie Canines. Um, I leave, uh, yeah, Katie Canines Little Fox. I leave the Little Fox on there because there are several geocaches in uh, Utah that are still, they still have the original logbooks in them. And I don't want somebody to, you know, say that I didn't get it, but someday I might go back and find my big old stack of printout papers because that was back in the day you had to print everything out and log it in all by hand. Um, I might find my stack of papers and go back and log them back in on this account, but I have proof that, you know, Little Fox was my original name. Yeah. So. Okay. So your stats are kind of a little varied then. My stats are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> my, stats, my stats are nothing. Um, back in the day, you used to be able to log a cache twice or three times when you went back to it. And me, uh, doing search and rescue with the dogs, um, I taught search and rescue. Um, I taught navigation and compass and GPS. Um, so I would use the geocaches. I would use the geocaches for training for the other handlers in the canine team and the other search and rescues, mm -hmm. uh, search and rescue people. Um, so yeah, I, but see my stats were skewed on that account too, because I 
went back to the same geocache, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 times whenever there was a new, a new uh, search and rescue person or a new dog. And you could just keep logging it over and over at that point. Yeah, you could. Back then you could. Back then, yeah. Yeah. So, but with this account, with this account, I did have, I think I had, oh, 32 different geocaches that I had logged multiple times. And so at one point in time, I had just sat down and I had deleted all of the logs except for the original one. Okay. So, but there's still several couple thousand in the first account that I have to either find those papers or go back to the geocache and say, oh yeah, there was one there. But a lot of them have been archived now. So yeah. Um, but I'm, I've never been into numbers. I don't care. You know, yeah. I, I use geocaching for search, you know, for search, <laughs> for search and rescue, but I also use geocaching to travel with, um, because you see the most wonderful things that you'd never know. I lived in Washington state up by Seattle on the Olympic peninsula until I was 24. Okay. And until three years ago, I never knew that there was two waterfalls within 10 miles of my house. Oh, wow. No clue. No clue. And I just found them a couple years ago when I went home to visit. And I was like, oh, well, there's a bunch of geocaches in this place. I'm going to go check them out. And I'm like, uh, wait, what, a waterfall? There are no waterfalls around here. What are you talking about? And sure enough, there was one there. So That's awesome. Um, we use it to travel with, to see history and stuff. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, I... I don't care too much about my own stats, but I'm an engineer, so I love looking at charts and graphs and hearing what ah. other people have done. And it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at like 249 or something. My stats aren't that impressive, but I'm like, yeah, I don't care so much about mine, but I like to hear what other people are doing. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on my, what's that Jasmine thing? Oh, the Jasmine? One every day. Of the year? Oh, the, the, the 365 or the, the calendar thing? or Yeah, the, yeah, the calendar one. Yeah, filling out the February calendar. Left. Yeah, I have February left. And then the one that you have to get a geocache placed in every month or every year, every year. So January, um, May 2000, I found a cache that was placed in May 2000. And then... June 2000, July uh, That one, I think, is the Jasmer. Yeah. I only have two left. I have September and December. Oh, oh wow. And the closest one is in Florida. Oh, <laughs> Florida's a bit of a hike for you. Yeah. And then the other one, and then there's some other ones that, that yeah, I mean, it's like California and so, or Colorado or something like that. So I got to get those. I got to get those last two done and then, then I'm good. I mean, there's some people that say that they've got, they, you know, I filled my calendar up like five times. Okay. I'm doing good to do once. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm rocking it if I do it once. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, when I first started, I started trying to do some of that stuff and then it was like, this just feels like work. So I'm not going to worry so much about that, but I do find it interesting what other people like to do with it so it it's different for everybody i don't look at my graphs so much you know the the charts and the stats yeah but when i do look at them and i have like 
four left because I've already done all the rest. Might as well try. Yeah. Then it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's on. So, and who wants, who doesn't want to go to Florida? I mean, come on. Yeah. Especially during the winter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So how did you get into geocaching? Search and rescue. Yeah. Um, it, it came, you know, the, the new satellite thing came out and, you know, the, the opening day, yeah. you know, many, um, no, it's search and rescue. Um, I had, I had started tra uh, training the dogs and I've always been into maps and compasses cause I've, but like I said, I grew up in Washington. So we hunted, fished, hiked. We always needed to know which way to get back out to the camp, you know, back to camp and right. stuff. So I learned that stuff as a child. So then when it came out, it's like, wait, what? I don't have to carry a map and a compass anymore. Dude, what do I sign up? You know? <laughs> so then I went and grabbed it, got a GPS. And back then they were honky things. I mean, they were, they were big. Um, and, uh, started, you know, learning how to use it, you know, cause everybody else wanted, you know, like, what do you got there? I was like, it's GPS. You don't have to have a compass anymore. Guess what? Track back to my car. I'm good. <laughs> so I, I started using it there and, and, and geocaching, geocaching is a great way to keep your skills up. So like for, with, with uh, search and rescue, I'll start them out with a map and a compass, you know, map and a compass, and I'll show them how to use that. And, and then I'll, you know, show them how to use their phone. You know, the, the phones have compasses and maps and everything on that. Right. And then we use the G, the GPS and then I'll, I'll get a couple of geocaches and I'll say, okay, well, um, these two geocaches, you can use your use your cell phones or use a GPS or whatever, but you have to you have to log in because I give them a piece of paper, and they have to log in the information, you know, the latitude and longitude. But the last two, all the cell phones and GPSs go in this basket. You need to break out your map and compass, and everybody starts groaning. <laughs> what are we well, you know what, your G your uh, GPS and your cell phone battery just died yeah so it's a little more difficult to to get narrowed down um a geocache but with the the maps that we get they 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 go from big maps to little maps little maps little maps and they can pretty much get within at least 20 feet 30 feet oh, okay. of an area you know so i mean if you're looking for a victim you know, yeah. uh, you know, you, you've got them, but if you're looking for articles and evidence, that's where you bring in the dogs. So okay. let's do that <laughs> faster. Very cool. So you are human trackable, which is, seems to be a growing, I don't want to call it a fad cause it's pretty permanent type thing. Trend. trend. Thank you. That's yeah. a good word for it. A growing trend, but yeah. yours is different than a tattoo. So you have a trackable surgical implant, correct? It's a medical implant. A medical implant. implant. Now, now, okay. People have actually put implants in them, um, but it, they're not medically necessary. How it all started, I was a, I went up to Washington and spent um, most of the first start of COVID with my father, taking care of him to make sure that he was okay. And when I was out geocaching, um, I twisted my foot and I ended up crushing 
breaking one of my metatarsals Ooh. in my right foot. So then they put a, sh they gave me a shoe, <laughs> a little shoe the, thing the to boot put on thing. Not the boot. Not the it boot? was a shoe. Really? Okay. Yeah. If it would have been the boot, I'd have, I wouldn't have this trackable. So oh. it was a shoe. So all it, all I did was I slipped my foot into it with my heel back up against it. And then it had a, a strap that went across the metatarsals and the strap that went across your toes, you know, around your ankle and huh. across your toes. But I still geocached. <laughs> so it didn't heal up so well. Well, in that shoe, the strap that went around, that went across my metatarsals, I had stepped in some holes. Mm. And every time I stepped in the holes, because we were, we were out in a field, you know, it was like a cattle field. Yeah. Uh, at horse field. I stepped in a couple of holes and the fourth hole, I felt them crunch. Ooh. So I ended up crushing four of the five metatarsals in my right foot. <gasps> the only one that didn't get crushed was my big toe. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so I had to get back out of the field. So I got back out of the field and I went to the doctor and I said, yo doc, um, I think something might be wrong. And he's, uh, um, so anyway, he, he, he said, uh, well, let's take a look. So he took a look on the x-ray mm. and he says, well, you've actually crushed them for, for all four of them. There's no longer just a break. There's four of them. So then he put me in a boot, <laughs> but it still went geocaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I went to Indiana. We went to Indiana to uh, Turkey Run Park or Tur Turkey Turkey Run Park, I think it was. Okay. And it was a nice little trail, a nice flat little trail. And then we got to going along the side of this cliff, and then we got to some rocks. And I'm like, dude, I ain't going back. It's two miles back that way. It's only half mile this way. But we had to go up through the rocks. I mean boulders. I mean boulders. Yeah. Oh, I just used my boot, wedged it in between the rocks to help me get through it. But yeah. So anyway, um, I was in the boot for probably a year and a half. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they took another x-ray because they, they finally said, you know, take the boot off. And I told them, I said, there's something wrong. There's still something wrong because the outer edge of my foot hurts, you know? Yeah. And so they took an x-ray. They couldn't see anything. So he says, well, we'll do an MRI because if, if something's still broken, um, it'll glow in the MRI. Right. Well, not my pinky toe, but my ring finger toe, that okay. metatarsal had actually split like a like two pieces of bread Ooh. Um, you lay down a piece of bread yeah you put another one on top of it it split that way it didn't break across it split so every time i walked it would like open Ooh. the gap would oh i'm cringy just at the thought of that <laughs> that's what was still hurting was when i would walk the bottom part of the bone would go down and the top part of the bone would go up anyway so i had a i had a fracture in the middle and he said, well, the only way we could fix that is to put you in the boot again for like another six, eight months. And I'm like, I'm already losing muscle tone or put plates and pins in. And I said, yo, doc, if you put a plate in, I got, I got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know what? Let's make lemonade. No, well, let's make lemon meringue pie out of <laughs> lemons. So... 
I, and I'm, and I'm pretty, I'm, I got a pretty good in with my doctor. So he said, sure, I'll let him know. So, so, okay, let's, let's back up a second. So you go, Hey doc, I want this to be a geocaching trackable. Mm -hmm. Did he have any idea what you were talking about? As a matter of fact, he did, which is why he did it. (laughs) So the pins aren't trackable. My plate has the number on it. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So how did you get the number onto the plate? That's where having an in with your doctor is the key. But that's my secret. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're gonna we're gonna say HIPAA rules here apply and we can't discuss it, huh? There we go. <laughs> oh, now my mind is really racing. <laughs> okay, so you decide to make the best of things. Somehow you convince the doctor to go along with it. So usually when you get a custom trackable, you have to get some sort of approval from HQ, right? Well, I called him. I, I called them and I, I did get it approved. I, you know, I, and I, and I explained to them what I was doing. Um, but what I, what I called to get approved was how people were going to find the trackable because I didn't want them frisking me. <laughs> you know I mean? Because, I mean, it's, it's not there, you know, it, it's not there. It, it's on the inside of my foot. So the approval, the approval came from, the tool of the trade that they need to find it. Okay. Okay. So when I go out, I have this big long black thing. Well, it's not, it's about a foot, about a foot and a half long and about mm, maybe four or five inches wide. And on the outside bag, it says T O T T and it's in the the bags black. The letters are white and they're actually glow in the dark. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So um, when I'm out at events, when I'm out at events, I don't go around showing off, you know, like my, you know, here, here's my tattoo, track it. This is a trackable for, for people that are on the ball. Um, people will ask me, hey, what's the big T-O-T-T thing? And I'll tell them, well, it's the tool of the trade that you have to use to find my personal trackable. And they're like, wait, what? And so I'll whip it out and I'll show them. And I'm, I'm always wearing a t-shirt I have a t-shirt that was made from artedcrafted.com. Um, he made me a couple of uh, custom t-shirts and it has the little trackable girl with a trackable girl on it. And he's put a circle with a cross over the head, you know, like, like no smoking, the yeah. circle with the line through it, no smoking. So he's put a no, a, a no, no over my head. And he's put a no over my torso that the arms are out. Okay. Um, So basically, you don't you don't use the tool of the trade on my head, and you don't wad my torso or my you know my abdomen. So you 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 basically you just use the tool of the trade on my arms and my legs. Okay. Um, And he made me a really cool one for Halloween. it shows the the little trackable girl with zombie legs. Oh, that's and zombie cool. Hands 
And then on the back of it, it shows a, a pile of zombie legs and arms in the pile. <laughs> so that's funny. The tool of the trade is actually a hand metal detector, like the wand that they use at the airport. Okay. So they can wand my arms and they can wand my legs. And then when they get down to my feet, it's a little difficult in the win winter time because of boots. Yeah. But I use if I'm indoors, I'll usually take my boots off and put on little slippers. Okay. Or like flip-flops or something that don't have any metal so but when yeah but when they get down to my foot the it'll it'll be and then they get to sign my they get to sign my log because i have a little special log there and then if it's an event and and if it's an event and there's a lot of people there and somebody is paying attention whoever is the first one to find my trackable they get my personal uh, Little Fox 3D printed uh, coin. It, well, and the coin's not trackable, but they get a coin because they were the first one that uh, found my TB at the event. That's cool. So I got to ask, when, when people get this tool, do they typically just start with the arms and it work, like, does everybody start up and work their way down basically? Or do you have people ever they, start down and work up? Well, I'll put, I'll put my arms out so that they can do it. And I'll tell them, you know, don't, don't want my head or the trunk, you know, the trunk, yeah. you know, um, but they, they, I usually tell them, you know, okay, you know, so I'll put my arms out and they automatically start with my arms, you know, cause I put my arms out. Right. Okay. You know, so and they're like, wait, there's nothing there. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> do the legs. So hence. That's why I have the t-shirts showing the circle with the line through it that you don't want my head and you don't want, you know, my torso or my trunk or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what a metal detector would do, but I really don't want people metal detecting the rest of my body um, because I do have metal in my body in a couple other places, but that's not what they're looking for. Because I have pins and I have pins and, and plates and stuff in my back too, so okay. but that's not that, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the trackable one because those aren't trackable. So they find the plate, and you have your own logbook that you keep that people side, and then you give them the the number to discover it. Is that how it works? Yeah on on the top of the page on the top of the page it'll say what event I'm at because at at each event I start a new page in my in my in my logbook. Okay. So at the top of the page it says what event I'm at. It says what day, and in big numbers it says the 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 trackable code, so that they can log it. Oh, but okay. I don't I don't just hand out that book. That that is only the people that have found it get to see the code to log it okay gotta put in the work to get the reward yeah my trackable is even more elusive than car trackables <laughs> nobody <laughs> a lot of people are like they don't do car trackables because nobody ever finds them well mine you have to know about it you have to do do a little bit of exploring to find it um and then you get to then you get to log it so mine's a little more 
I don't know, elusive or exclusive. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta know what you're looking at, you know. And if I don't have my T-shirt on, if I don't have my T-shirt on, because sometimes I work at the events. Oh, okay. And like I worked at um, Mingo. I worked, I worked down at Mingo. Um, I did not wear my shirt because I didn't want people bugging me when I was trying to hand out the bags, you know, the, right. While you the were doing your job. And, yeah. When I was doing my job. So, um, but a lot of people come up, Hey, aren't you the one that has the trackable that you have to use? And, you know, I was like, um, yeah, I, I am, but I'm working right now, which is why I don't, I don't have my track, my tool of the trade with me and I'm not wearing my shirt, but if I'm wearing my shirt and you see the T O T T hanging on the side, um, of my pants hanging off of it. Yeah. You're more than welcome to, to find it anytime you want. So do you go to a lot of events than I take it? Um, not really here in Illinois. Um, my husband and I travel a lot. We've gone all, I mean, we took off for seven days. He gets seven days a month off oh. um, from his job. So, um, and I do snag the tag too. So I had a bunch of snag the tags that I had to hide. So we took off and went down through Iowa, went all the way down to the, down to Louisiana and then came, you know, went over and came back up through Indiana and, you know, I hit some events there and we went to Scotland and grabbed some events there. Um, I'm really not a, a, a small event person, um, like ice cream events, you know? Yeah. Um, the meet and greets, not so much, but the bigger ones you're, you're into. Right. Right. I do have a web, a Facebook page for here. It's called Rock River Geocachers. And before COVID, we had a meet and greet every month just so that people could get together and talk about the geocaches up and down um, the Rock River here. But due to COVID, we haven't done any of them. I was going to start them back up this year, but COVID's been so wishy-washy. I just, I, I don't know if I can handle having somebody get sick and then pass away from one of my events. Oh, yeah, that would be horrible. I couldn't handle that. So... But the mega event, the mega events, yeah, I'm going to one in April. Moga, yeah, I currently plan on being there, depending on well, depending on what happens with COVID and everything. But yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, you can discover my trackable. But um, the big event, uh, the 2000 event, that's in 2023 now, because mm -hmm. yeah, we were scheduled to do that. Um, but we're not anymore. So we were going to um, take that vacation and, and uh, start in Chicago and head down Route 66, grabbing geocaches and do the Route 66. So, but yeah, I, I do the main ones. I, I don't do 12. I'm doing the little ones. There are none out here because uh, I live out in the middle of nowhere. So it's hard for you to do them. Yeah, I don't, uh, there's tons of them towards Chicago and the suburbs, but that's a, that's like an hour drive for me. Yeah. And I hate going into town, into the, into the big city. I, I hate it. <laughs> so I just don't go to the little meet and greets. Um, and then there, you know, there isn't hardly anybody out here. I live in the middle of corn, you know, so there really isn't too awful many people out here that can attend the meet and greets anyway well that makes sense then yeah and everybody that everybody that knows me from 
my meet and greets. They all know about it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They've already discovered you then. Yep. Unless they're a newbie. If they're a newbie, then we go through the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I get a chance to meet you at MOGA, which I hope I do, I will know exact, I will know to go straight for the feet. Yeah. Well, if there's a if there's a big line of people watching, uh, I just make them okay. You, you at least have to wand my foot, so I'll put my foot up on a bench or something and make them wand my foot. You at least got to make it beep. Did you have a cache that you would like to highlight for us? There is a cache up in Washington. It's over by Paul's Bow. It's over on the Olympic Peninsula. And it's near and dear to me because um, it's in memory of my stepmother. Um, My stepmother and I have the same name, which is why my nickname is Kitten. Her name was Karen, too. And uh, we lived in Paul's Boat. And there was a, a spot down the hill from where we lived that the power company put in a little, you know, little transformer things. And my stepmom thought it looked kind of ugly so she asked if she could buy some trees and put in um in front of there and they said yeah well they went down my dad and my stepmom went down and dug holes and put the trees in and then they went and took buckets of water back to water them now, mind you, it was a two-mile hike that my stepmother made every day um, to take two five-gallon buckets down and water six trees to keep them alive. Wow. Um, and so I put a geocache there in memory of my stepmom. The geocache that I created um, tells a little story about how she contacted the county and how she walked every day, every summer, you know, for like three or four summers with two five gallon buckets for like, it was about two miles back and forth to keep those trees alive. And five of the six trees are still living. Oh, wow. So this geocache is GC eight. E is an Edward V is in Victor. Y is in Yankee. J is in Juliet, and it's a it's I call it a small, but because it most people would call it a, a regular size, but I call it a small because I'm generous. <laughs> I uh, I put it out there be, beside the uh, the transformer behind one of their concrete boulders, and it's an easy kids find. And it's always chock full of uh, swag. Every time I, I go up, you know, when I go back home, um, I was, I, when I lived up there, I checked on it all the time. But then when I moved back home to Illinois, um, I went back every four months, you know, and then I'd check on it then. And now I go back once a year, but I have a, a geocacher friend up there that she is a uh, caretaker of it. And I just sent a new uh, container just three days ago to replace the old container, which the new container is bigger, full of new swag um, that will get you out there. Um, Well, will be put out there. 
just as soon as she gets it in the mail. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of uh, really cool caches around Palsbo. There's a lot of adventures around Palsbo. It's a little, it's an old Norwegian town. So there's a lot of history there. So when you're coming from the mainland, which we call the mainland because we lived out on the Olympic Peninsula, mm-hmm. uh, you come from Edmonds um, to go to Palsbo. If you take the back road, you drive right past it, which takes you up onto the hill um, in Palsbo. And then you just kind of work your way down the hill into Palsbo and out the other side. And there's some really cool, cool caches down in there in Palsbo. Okay. Fun place to visit. If you go to Palsbo, Washington, you will uh, definitely want to at least spend an entire day, if not two, to get all the caches. Um and see all the sites and, and check out some of the history. Sounds awesome. And what a great way to honor your your stepmom and her trees by putting a memorial cache there for her. Yeah, she was cool. She 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 was a she was a great lady. She definitely she was a great lady. I miss her. Um she passed away um when she was 58. Oh, that's too young. Well, she was pretty young. Yeah, 58, 59, somewhere around there. She, she was pretty young. So I just wanted to keep keep her memory alive, but nobody knew about those trees. You know, nobody knows when you drive by them. It's like nobody knows that what she did and how much effort and, and love and care she put into keeping those trees alive to block the view of that nasty power <laughs> transfer transfer station (laughs) well that's really cool thank you for sharing that with us and you sent me some photos of your custom t-shirts and the tool of the trade in its secret mystical bag (laughs) (laughs) i'll send you i'll send you a picture of my Oh, the coin. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, I'll put those in the show notes and and people can check those out. It's a token. Token. Yes. My, my bad. The token. It's a very cool token. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your stories with us and taking time out of your day to do this. I really appreciate it. I love geocaching. I, I love teaching cat geocaching. Um, yeah, I teach it to search and rescue. I teach it to in libraries. I, I, I just love teaching people how to get out and explore their world around them because there's things in your literally, like me in my backyard. There was a water, a couple waterfalls that I had no idea about. That it, I love teaching people new things, and uh, getting them outside and having fun with them. Geocaching's you know? a perfect way for that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers, filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. Check them out today at ftfgeo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out. <laughs>